Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 235 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, as usual, as if that's going to change. Maybe it will change one day. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I haven't thought that far. But for now, I'm your host, hostess with the mostest. No, maybe that doesn't work here. Yeah, I'm going to roll with it. Hostess with the mostest, Dave Hopkins here. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Thanks for checking in to the old quickie podcast here. Today, my guest is Jarrell Dre. He is an instructor of graphic design at Madison College. He is the creative director at Levy Labs, and he is also a recent TEDx speaker. Oh, yeah. Oh, all out of Madison, Wisconsin, of course. Now, before we got into this interview, I just wanted to share a little personal anecdote. When I was a kid, my parents and I, we would travel all over the U.S. Like, we, we are in Vancouver, B.C., Canada here, but my parents loved, like, the USA road trips. We did, like, we went down into Nevada. Like, I, I couldn't even tell you all the states because I was young. I was a young man at the time, but all over the place. But one distinct memory I have is in Wisconsin. And if you've ever been to Wisconsin or know of Wisconsin, you know that they have these things called ducks. Now, yes, it's also a flappy bird, and I'm sure they also have those, but these things were like retired army vehicles that are amphibious. You like that word? Amphibious. So basically, you're riding around on the road in these things with an open top, and wow, this is cool, such a big truck this is awesome and then all of a sudden the guy goes and we're going into the water and they just drive into the water because they float it was cool i remember that i i reminisced on that memory with my guest before i hit the old record button here ah, needless to say this is about Jarrell, not me during this episode he shares with us the phrase that his mom would say to him or ask him i should say that sparked creativity while he was young. He then shares with us the class that just turned him on to design, lit that design fire. We talk about a couple of career moves for him, and then he shares with us a story about his time at a certain company at a certain place and why it was the most challenging time in his career. We then talk about that FOMO of making a career move, not the FOMO of missing out on that career move, but the FOMO on the place you're leaving, like the stuff you're leaving. It's real. It is real. He then shares with us the project in which he got ghosted, straight up ghosted. It's a good one. Right near the end, my friend Jarrell shares with us about the COLA project that he was a part of and why he is so proud of it. I really loved this episode. I had a great time talking with Jarrell, and you're definitely going to hear that in this episode. Enough of me and talking and my story. You're here for Jarrell. So, ladies and gentlemen, my wonderful guest, Jarrell Dre. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? 
Jarrell, welcome to the Quickie Podcast, man. How are you? I'm doing great, Dave. Thank you so much for having me on. This is awesome. Awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. But first and most importantly, are you ready for a quickie, Jarrell? Let's quit wasting time. If this is a quickie, let's All get right, to I'm it. All right. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, let's kick it over to you, man. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. So I'm Jarrell Dre. Uh, I'm from Madison, Wisconsin. I am a full-time instructor at Madison College, and I'm also a creative director for a company called Levy Labs. Before then, I was a senior art director and partner at an agency called Hebing. And then on the side, I'm always kind of hustling on gig posters and logos and trying to support my friends, family, community, you know, all that stuff. So Awesome, dude. So you listed three titles and then you're like, and then on the side, I'm like, what side? <sighs> I know. I know. <laughs> it's, side, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Awesome. And you recently spoke at a TEDx. Give me like a 30 second intro on what that was all about. Uh, I talked about something I call heart work and it's just about using your skills and talents to help the people and things that you care about. And I kind of wrapped that whole thing up in the story about Aaron Draplin and CSA design and some pretty crazy stuff that, that went down around that. So yeah, it's, it was a super strange, surreal experience, but uh, really, really fun too. Awesome. I purposely didn't watch it before I connected with you here because I wanted this to legitimately be the first sort of authentic conversation we're having. Oh, that's great. It's on my list to check out when we're done here. So, um, all right. You gave us sort of the brief summary on what you got going on now. I'm going to kick this back to childhood, Jarrell. And I want to hear about your childhood, man. I want to hear if you feel that you had a creative childhood that pointed you in this creative design career direction. You know, it's funny looking back on it. I feel like I did. I feel like, you know, uh, so my dad was like a a traveling salesman. So we've got like a business side. And then my mom stayed home and and she was just super artistic. I mean, she was always drawing stuff and coming up with little fun projects for us to do. You know, looking back on it, she would even, she used to like draw a little scribble on a piece of paper and she'd slide it over to me and she'd say, turn this into something. You know? <laughs> That's cool. And it's, and it's funny because it's like when you think about that, like, you know, think about like designing a logo and you're looking at a letter form and, you know, you're trying to mash it up with something else, turn it into something. You know, it's like I feel like she was subliminally training me from, you know, from an early age to do that stuff. And uh, yeah, then I was like addicted to comic books. I collected comic books forever and I would like copy the covers and, you know, just freaking out over that. So I mean, that was kind of like early childhood. And then I took a computer art class in high school. And that was like, I was hooked from there, uh, learning Photoshop and Illustrator and just having a blast with that stuff. So once I was in that, I knew that's what I wanted to do. That's cool. So that really pointed you there. And did you have teachers or guidance counselors to sort of keep you going on that journey or urge you along? Or was it really just self-fulfilled once you got a taste of that you just you were all in yeah I mean I was kind of all in it was a you know I just got lucky that I found this thing it just kind of combined like art and technology and pop culture and just everything I was into I was like this is yeah this is it I mean when I started all I wanted to do was make album covers or you know I worked at a movie theater too so I was like really in love with movie posters and I just thought that, man, it would be so cool if I could do that someday. Definitely. And here you are. Yeah. Right. I know. <laughs> live, live, live in the dream. You know? Yeah. Live in the dream. I love it. So in this journey, you know, you had this really impactful computer arts class. 
Was there a design, a specific design or project or illustration or book or something that you came across that was just heavily influential to you from the moment you saw it? Something that you saw and it's just stuck with you since. Well, it's funny because in that class and even mostly through college, Mm -hmm. I was like blissfully unaware of design like I only kind of had this vague understanding of what it was. Like I didn't appreciate it as a craft. I just thought it was like all this cool stuff I'm seeing, all these cool covers. Like I want to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And then in college, I had this instructor. Her name was uh, Renee Melton. Amazing instructor. She was new and she just brought this whole freshness to the whole program and uh, introduced me to, I mean, it sounds weird to say it now, especially, but like the print regional design annual. And she's like, you should check out these guys, Planet Propaganda. And when she showed me that stuff and I saw they had these gig posters and I'd never seen anything in my life like it, like nothing came close. All the stuff I was looking at was, you know, poorly executed and you know, you know what I mean? Uh, And this was just like a whole nother level of, you know, it's a, a different world. Like, especially then, you know, I, we didn't have... 10 million blogs to check out and all these feeds of everything. And it sounds totally. so old saying that, but <laughs> you know, what's it, it like to be 90? I know, right? <laughs> the internet, you know, was a thing. Oh my goodness. Just, I should just stop. This is, just dude. Bad. I remember the, I remember those days. I remember, <laughs> I remember. So seeing those planet Pro- propaganda posters was, was the thing for me. And then that was like, okay, uh, I want to work for an agency. I want to do this. That's that's, that was exactly it. That's awesome. So what age do you think that was around? Oh, I don't know. I was probably like 20, around, yeah. around 20 when I kind of made that realization. Yeah. That's awesome how, and I was saying this to somebody earlier today, how one little change or one little poster or one little thing that you saw could have been so impactful to the point where now where a number of years later, you, you still remember it. You, you remember vividly holding it and, and interacting with it. So this is a super strange story that I'll, I'll try to run through quick, but yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, the poster that I got shown and, it, and I vividly remember that poster, which is, is a strange thing. Uh, so one of my students that I have now it was in a band with, with an artist named Mike Kroll and Mike used to work at Planet Propaganda. Okay. And so recently I acquired the poster because he was getting rid of a bunch of stuff. My student was like, Hey, can I hook you up with one of these posters? And so I got my hands on the thing that like inspired me from the start, which is just crazy. I don't wow. know. So anyway, yeah. That's such a cool moment. And on, on my other podcast, the print design podcast, I interviewed Bill Gardner and he was talking about, a magazine cover by an illustrator from like 1965 or something like that and how it was so impactful to him. And just recently he through an auction, he was actually able to purchase the original illustration at full scale, the actual artist rendition of it, <laughs> like of the, of the magazine cover that influenced him so many years ago. So you hear me hearing this story from you about you know reuniting with this poster mm-hmm. is such a feeling that I got when Bill told me that story because <sighs> of the connection that it, it brings and how it's so important to you. And it's, it's weird. It's like one of those things. It's like, did I seek it out or did it seek me out? You know, it's, it's such yeah. a, a strange thing that I never thought I would run across it. 
Um, and yeah, oh my goodness, their logos, uh, Bill, holy smokes, they do such incredible work. That's so cool. We got to talk to him. Yeah, it was a pretty fun conversation. Yeah. Um, so that actually is a nice little segue into our next question here, Jarrell, which is, who are some of the designers and brands that you look up to now and closely follow now? And what about them do you like? So many, so many to name. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Draplin fan, big CSA design fan, aesthetic apparatus. You know, I'm th- that's like the stuff that I kind of came up with through when I was learning the most. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, I feel like I'm so lucky to live in this community here where we have, I mean, amazing, amazing designers that, you know, you wouldn't, no one, no one knows of, or, or they might not even have a portfolio site up or, you know, people have worked at that heaving that are just incredible designers that, you know, it's like, you don't necessarily put your work out all that much because you've got a gig. You're not trying to hustle to promote yourself. So Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, uh, one of my coworkers, Laura Cherry, she is incredible. Laura, look up lauradesignlife.com. She is inc- just incredible with type, like one of the most sophisticated uh, type choices that you'll see and just beautiful work. And I think about, I've got these people in my community like Emily Balsley, uh, Emily Blue Star on Instagram. She is just always doing cool stuff for the community. She's um, painting all these beautiful murals right now and putting out a bunch of positive messages and her illustrations are just amazing. I think about even my students like uh, Loudon Newt uh, who has this uh, little page called American Trash that he runs, but he's out there painting murals and volunteering for like uh, an organization called Supply Chain, um, you know, using his skills for good. And, you know, that kind of stuff, that's what keeps me inspired is seeing like this community that kind of feeds and supports each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's so true. Um, you know, when you look at Instagram, you know, so for some of the podcasts in the past, I've used Instagram and I've looked at it and I will have, I will find the most incredible work posted by somebody with 150 followers. Yep. And I have the most incredible conversation with them. So, but it's funny how what social media causes you to do is look and you see, you know, as how many followers do they have? It can be quickly becomes the gauge of how good is their stuff. Isn't that strange? It's so bizarre. And through doing this podcast and the print design podcast, I continually come across incredibly talented people who are doing incredible things with their day job or their side hustle. And they're just not posting it to Instagram that are so talented and sharing such incredible work. So like, I really urge people to like, stop looking for the guys with 5,000 plus followers. They're the only ones you'll look at because they're the only ones whose work is worthy. It's 100% not true. And and Dave, I don't know if you feel this way, but at, at some point it just becomes the sea of, I mean, it's just a sea of amazing work. Like my, my feeds mm-hmm. on Instagram, I follow thousands of people on Instagram and it's like overwhelming and you kind of almost lose sight of the individual, you know, like actually taking mm-hmm. time to, like research this person or really dig into their work. And it's not just this casual scroll, you know, I mean, so I don't know. That's why I kind of stick close to home on some of that inspiration stuff. I've got my big C of, you know, all the big names and then, you know, I've got the things in in, in my community that really jump out. Yeah. What are the cool things that are happening right here? Yeah. Let's, let's highlight those. That's really cool. 
So Jarrell, uh, before I get into some of the tough stuff, I'm going to kick this over to Instagram and I'm going to scroll through your feed um, on screen here and I'm going to select a couple of posts and I want to hear the story behind them, what led to the artwork or whatever, whatever comes to you okay. from, from that. So let me just bring that up on screen here. All right, let's kick it over. Let's go here. All right, let's, oh, so many choices. So many choices. Hmm. Okay. I'm interested. I literally had a conversation with my wife kind of about this just today. So I okay. want to hear about, I want to hear about this. <sighs> that's, so this, that's an interesting so, one. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. So, this, so this is a picture um, sort of of some of Jeff Bezos picture in the background, a couple of <clears throat> um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for article titles from a couple of notable publications, uh, New York times and business insider, and you've done something with this. So, so tell me about this. You know, some of this is partially just exercise for me. So, you know, as a mm-hmm. teacher, I'm always trying to keep my skills sharp. I'm always trying to learn new things or just experiment and play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I try to mix that with things or messages that I care about. So, you know, this, uh, you know, reading some headlines recently, you know, one of the headlines is like, Bezos commits $10 billion to address climate change, which on face value sounds like, holy smokes, that's such a big deal. Uh-huh. And then you flip that with another news article title that says, <laughs> you know, he added $13 billion in one day to his net wealth. It's like, Bananas. you know, yeah. I mean, so just when I see stuff like that, it just inspired me to, to try to do something, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, mix that with a little bit of fun, a little bit of play and try to get that message out there. So what I what I get from this, <clears throat> and maybe maybe this is exactly what you're trying to accomplish. There's a light side and a dark side, mm-hmm. and that's not only matches with the visuals and the colors that you got in the background, but also the taglines themselves. There's a light side and a dark side. <clears throat> um, it almost reminds me of like Two Face from Batman. Yeah, right. I mean, it's got right? a little little bit of that flavor it's definitely uh all skewing on the the negative side a bit but there is an intentional like two-sidedness to it and yeah 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 picked up on it right away yeah so mission accomplished that's a great one. Oh, thanks all right Jarrell, let's get into some nitty-gritty here mm-hmm. hmm. what do we got oh that's cool okay all right <laughs> <laughs> that's i just had to pull that up because uh, fantastic. the classics yeah oh that's cool oh man there's so much awesome artwork about oh thanks um, dave okay i'm gonna pull up what's the story behind this okay so uh, about two years ago i presented at an adobe creative jam and okay. this was right around the time that the the project that my TED talk revolves around happened. So I'd just okay. given this talk. And so uh, Jerry was with uh, Adobe at the time and yeah. we had just been communicating a lot and I've never met Draplin. I'm a huge Draplin fan and I've never actually met him in person. I've seen him talk. I chickened out. I didn't get a chance to talk to him, <laughs> which yeah. I'll regret forever. Uh, but this was just him kind of trolling me and and saying, Hey, look, yeah, look who I'm with. And so they took the picture for me. So, uh, uh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> awesome. So what, what year was this? When was this taken? I think two years ago. I think it was about two years ago, roughly two years ago now. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, what? let's go with one more. I'm enjoying this. Are you enjoying this? Jill? 
<laughs> you, you, you know how looking at your own work goes sometimes. It's like, oof, yeah. you know, I got, okay, I got a few is, things I can still look at. This is oh, super funky. Okay. Yeah. So this was a creative exercise. So my buddy at work, uh, Courtney Dickmas, she's an amazing illustrator. And so when we were on uh, the first, you know, when, when all the kind of like stay at home stuff started happening, we started teaching yeah. remotely. We made this huge push to come up with more things just to keep our students engaged so she did these really fun little illustrations and then I kind of broke them up and then we gave little prompts. So the original illustration is basically just the, the fish, the right side. Yeah. And then we had students and instructors and everyone just kind of try to take it and turn it into something weird or, you know, complete it or however you want to do it. So this is like me just getting weird and making something silly. <laughs> Maybe it's a self portrait. I could, I could turn my profile and stick my tongue out. It could be a self-portrait. but <laughs> <laughs> So this is like your student's version of what your mom used to do. Here's yeah, right. Now do something with it. Exactly, exactly. Turn this into something. That is funny. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. No, no, uh, you can stop sweating now. We're done. We're done looking through your Instagram feed. <laughs> awesome. I'm sure when I do this at one point, there's going to be like an embarrassing Speedo picture or something. Oh, right. That yeah. will come I up with somebody. If I would have known this was coming, I would have planted something, something special down there for sure. <laughs> awesome. Okay, Jarrell, time to get into some of the tough stuff. I've got All a few right. questions here that will take you down part of your career where you've likely made some mistakes, learned some lessons, and I want to pull those stories out and share those with the listeners. Then we'll turn it around and we'll finish up in a happy place. That's great. So first up, what has been the most challenging period of time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Oh, so many things. So many <laughs> things. Uh, I think I'll, I'll talk about my time at Hebing. And so that was a real pivotal time for me. So I spent 10 years there okay. uh, and, you know, I got hired in as a junior level interactive designer. Uh -huh. uh, and I was, I, I, in my opinion, I was not qualified for the position. Uh, I was good technically. I had a, I had a really broad skill set from uh, print to web design to, uh -huh. at the time, Flash, uh, After Effects, video editing. So, like, my skill set was strong, but my design was awful. Okay. So this place was like my dream gig. And I hustled really, really hard. Uh, you know, for about five years, it was like just the best. And I, I worked really, really hard and I worked my way up to senior art director and partner. Wow. Good for you. And, you know, here's where we start to taper down the hill <laughs> here, but you know, I got really burnt out. I was, I was sprinting, you know, at a pace that just wasn't sustainable. And after I kind of leveled out on, I didn't really want to ever get in a higher position than that. And, uh, you know, I just started to get more critical about my own work and really getting in my own head. And man, I just got, I got in this funk and, you know, my relationships started to take a toll. You know, it's like when my wife's going to bed alone and I'm staying up till three in the morning doing work. Cause I'm just, you know, during the day I'm procrastinating cause I'm so anxious about, Am I going to be, do I know what I'm doing? Am I going to be good enough? You know, questioning everything and just mm -hmm. getting in my head and just over time, you know, like expecting feedback to be less because I'm getting better, but feedback was always coming and yep. it just felt overwhelming at times. And so I just got to this point where I was just, 
I couldn't shake it. And, you know, they were so gracious. They let me work from home a couple days a week. They, you know, really tried to accommodate and, and change my schedule and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And I just couldn't, I couldn't snap out of it. And, you know, it was leaving there was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. It was mm-hmm. leaving my, my family. I mean, people that I would consider my family and, you know, it was just such a, a, a tough time, but I had passed up on a teaching gig about seven years in and I, I was, it was a weird part in the agency where we had a few people that had left in the creative department. And I was at this kind of decision moment where I was kind of getting, you know, I was kind of getting ready for a change and I passed on it. And then of course, with all those people leaving all the extra work, you know, comes in and it gets even harder. And, you know, it was just a really challenging time. So then I just got even funkier, you know, and uh, I just remember when I saw the position come up again, I was like, I have to do this. I always imagined I'd be a teacher, but I didn't think it would be this soon. I thought I'd be, you know, 20 years deep. Um, Hmm. And, you know, I just remember going for it and putting, giving it everything I had and just having these, you know, I remember telling my boss that I was leaving, Sean, you know, he was so gracious. I'm crying on the phone and he's like, Jarrell, he's like, you know, we'll support you no matter what. If this is what you need, we support you 100%. And anytime you want to come back, you can come. I mean, it was just like, that's unbelievable, you know, like, unbelievable. So, you know, I'm, I'm forever grateful for that, for sure. So how long were you there for at that agency from right in the beginning to the end? For about 10 years. About 10 years now. Got it. Yeah. So, you know, when you leave, at least the response from the owners and like, is at least a positive one. Yeah. You know, yeah. Making, making that decision easier, making it feel more like the right thing rather than them instilling a bunch of self-doubt for their own benefit. It was, it was, they're supportive about it. It was very, I mean, you know, I, it, knowing them, it's not surprising, but I'm a pretty yeah. anxious person. So I was, you know, fearful. Like as soon as I tell them, I thought they were going to kick me out the door and throw my stuff, you know, or whatever. <laughs> exactly. And it, it just wasn't like that. And it, what was yeah. funny, and I learned a big lesson doing that too. I mean, you know, it, I was definitely ready for a change and I am mm-hmm. extremely happy. I, I love my job more than anything in the world that I have now. But, you know, looking back on it, it, the moment I left, my brain flipped and all I could remember was the good stuff. I'm like, oh, man, I don't get to hang out with Becky and Barry every day. I don't get to see my buddies. I don't get to sit down and crank out on work. And, you know, like, it's just funny how, you know, your perception of of the situation can really, really play a big role, you know, in in your attitude and, and feelings and all that stuff. Yeah, immediately when you go, you get that FOMO. You feel like, what am I missing out on now? What, what, what's going on? Exactly. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that happened when I made the move from one print shop to another print shop, where it was really a level up in, in my career. I had worked my way backwards through the print process, and I was now sales and doing extremely well, and I hit the ceiling of that printer. They were smaller, and yeah. I just hit the ceiling. And I'm like, what's next? This doesn't feel like I'm done. Like, where do I go from here? What's next? I'm not going to own this company. Like mm-hmm. what's next? So I made the move to another printer and that opened up and kicked open a whole bunch more doors and super growth and learning and income and sales, like all of that sort of thing. But I still had the like, Oh, I wonder what wonder what Randy's doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> you just get a little bit of that like, oh man, I'm gonna miss that like witty banter and like stuff like that. Totally. Right? But 
you you find the new things that you enjoy with the new gig. But when you're making that transition, it's sort of like, ugh. What am oh, I yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because yeah. it's like you idolize these other situations, you know, and, and you mm-hmm. have this rosy picture. You know, when I thought about teaching, I thought, oh, I'd have so much free time. And, you know, and I do have more time, you know, but, you know, different perception and, yes. and thinking about school. And then it's like I get in there and it's like, oh, I have all these like all these meetings and requirements and, and like big corporate E things that I'm not used to. And <laughs> I have to use like a public bathroom with, with all kinds of crazy people. You know, you know, you know I'm, I'm exaggerating, totally. bit, but you know what I mean? It's like, I don't get to go out and party during lunchtime and, you know, hang yeah. out with my buddies and you know, all that stuff. So this 100%. Is, is totally know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. It is funny what happens with that, right? Yeah. Okay. Drell, I want to get a little bit more specific now. Okay. Take me to a specific project you were a part of that did not go well. It didn't bring the desired result, went completely sideways. What was that like? Um, how did that feel? Take me to that story. I don't have one, Dave. No, I'm just kidding. I don't believe you for a <laughs> second. <rep. laughs> yeah. It's so here's, so here's a, here's a good one. Um, I, you know, when I was super unhappy at, at work and stressing out and thinking about different options for my future, mm-hmm. you know, obviously teaching was part of it, but I've always fantasized about freelance work. I always yep. thought like it'd be so much easier not to deal with all these, you know, mid- people in the middle compl- yep. you know, complicating the process and, you know, all these negative thoughts about some of that stuff. And it was funny because soon after I left, about a year after, I had a year of teaching. It was summertime was starting up. And uh, one of my buddies from Heaping reached out and said, hey, we have this uh, project that I think you'd be a great fit for. We're not a great fit for it, but um, it's uh, a musician, so a composer out in California. We've worked with him. You know, awesome dude. You guys would get along. I talked to him. We hit it off really cool guy. I button up my formal documents that I've never done really to like, you know, <laughs> yeah. send, send all these requirements and the rounds and have sign off and approvals and really trying to like button up my freelance game. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because when I did that, I got a little bit of pushback on the budget that I threw out and my budget numbers were extremely fair. This was a, a logo redesign, a, a huge website, CMS. I mean, start to finish, I'm doing all this stuff. Yeah. And so I'm getting a little bit of pushback, and I kind of, you know, I justified the costs and, you know, got mm-hmm. approval. We go through the process, knock out the logo. It's going great. Then get a couple questions about the website and some functionality stuff, and I'm getting farther along. We're still making progress. I'm about... done with this thing. And uh, he keeps asking about some functionality stuff. And I said, that's not what we agreed to. You know, we'd have to find another vendor. We have to, you know, there's some other stuff we'd have to do to make that happen, but we can. And he kind of left me hanging. And then all I needed was like uh, two paragraphs of copy. And this thing, the website would have been done. And I was waiting on this content and I got, (laughs) and I got ghosted. And, you know, it's one of those lessons that, I mean, I spent a a, pretty much a summer, I mean, cranking on this thing, putting in tons of hours, putting my heart into it, thinking that my career is riding on this thing. And it fell through and I didn't have the strength to go after it. You know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't, it's not worth hiring a lawyer to do something or whatever. And at some point, 
you know, school started back up and I just didn't have the energy to, to, to finish it or to go try to pursue this. And I just had to let it go. And Mm -hmm. it taught me a huge lesson, you know, about this rosy ideal of what I had in my head. And it just wasn't that, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it never feels good. It does. To get ghosted. (laughs) It's just like, and you know, when the shoe's on the other foot, it's like, I, I think of it this way in sales, the amount of times that somebody was like super communicative with all of the questions and to get a quote ready. And I sent a quote over and nothing, yeah. no response to my follow-ups, no response to my voicemails, nothing. It, it's like, just, just tell me you went somewhere else. Just tell me it's too much. Just tell me you want something different. Like I just need to know. Yep. Yep. I know. And it's great. And it's really changed my perspective on how I spend my time outside of work. You know, I'm lucky mm-hmm. that I have a full-time job that, you know, I keeps me, I can pay my bills and, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable on that front. Mm-hmm. But so now it's like when I take on, I, I mean, I honestly, I don't even really take on that much free, like traditional freelance work. Like I just do yeah. stuff for free. I just help out people because I just don't even want to think about some of that. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. Uh, good, good things and, and financial stuff ends up coming back and it happens naturally. Um, you know, and I'm in, in a position where I'm lucky enough where I've got my base covered so I can just kind of be choosy about the stuff I take on and try to awesome. just do some good. You know, I'm, yep. I'm more concerned about that than making a couple extra bucks at this point. That's cool. But to be in such a position where you just focus on doing some good. I like yeah. that. Um, so Jarell, I'm going to turn this around here for you. And I want to now hear about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of. One that just makes your heart sing. Oh, I don't know. That is so tough. You know, I'll save the TED talk for you. It's a pretty, that project is is crazy. It was a CSA design uh, collaboration thing that I got to be a part of. And, and that was a big one. So, but I'll leave that to the TED talk. Okay. Um, Let's talk. I did this project um, for a company called Flat Cola before. I actually check this out. So this is a little oh cool can bunch of doodly stuff on it. Yeah, I mean this was like to me probably one of the coolest personal projects. Yeah. you know that I had it. This was at Heaving, and I was about three years in on the project, and you know, at that point in time, I was still making pretty terrible work, you know, and <laughs> this was a, a huge growth spurt because I remember I, I stayed up like all night cranking out all these ideas. I had like 12 options yeah. and, you know, just poured it like packaging design, what branding, this is like a, a total dream project. And we had this idea about everyday world domination and the whole concept behind it was that this, this is an energy cola, but it's not like, uh, Red Bull where you're going to go, you know, jump off a cliff. It's like enough caffeine just to get you through your day. Yeah. So what do you do? You doodle, right? That's how you get through your days. You doodle. And so I'm not a very good illustrator. So <laughs> I tried, I tried in one night drawing out this whole can and doing all these doodly things and whatever. And we had all these ideas. And I remember I walked in the, the meeting room to present the idea with my writing partner, Becky. And, we're, we're looking at the work together and my boss, Sean Mullen, he, he's looking at all these ideas and he's like, all right, Jarrell. He's like, and to me, I, I thought I was done. I was like, this is it. This is gold. You know, this is going to sail through no problem. And he looks at the work and he's just like, 
okay, you've got an idea here. Let's push on this. When I when I first presented it, the logo was just completely terrible. The, yeah. I mean, it was brutal. The illustrations were terrible. It didn't make any sense. And he gave me some feedback. He's just like, you know, focus on the logo first. He's like, uh, we got to figure out these doodles. Maybe we could draw them individually and, and kind of piece them together. And, uh, you know, Becky, my writing partner, she's an amazing doodler. Uh, so maybe we'll have her help too. So we split up the doodling responsibilities. I figured out how to stitch all this stuff together in Photoshop and, you know, got pushed on some really helpful design advice from Sean. And it turned out to be some work that, I mean, I I can't look back on too much of my work and feel any bit of good about it, but that's one that, that will always kind of stick with me as this like monumental step of progression in, in in terms of my skills. That's cool. Hold that count up again. I want to get a little. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's pretty, we got on the dial line, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so you can check that out on there. If I had my that's cool website up and together, you could check it out there. But so was that a shrink sleeve or printed directly on the can? Printed on the can. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Two color or three color. It was a white and then uh, black and orange, and let some of that reflective material show through on the can, which was mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So just before I get into the last question here, tell me about that moment where you went from the vision to designing something on your screen to finally holding a printed can in your hand. What is that? What's that like? Oh, it was so surreal. I mean, just, you know, I didn't, we didn't ever do a, a like I didn't, didn't do a ton of print. I was doing a lot mm-hmm. of digital things, but I've always loved print. Um, and to have this packaging opportunity was just crazy. And to, to see it, you know, you're printing out mock-ups. I was taping it on the can to try to imagine what it would look like. And, you know, the amount of detail we had, everyone's like, oh, I don't know if it's going to hold up and all this stuff. And it was it was just such an interesting process. And to to see it, you know, come back and to even get like this can I'm showing you, it's like one of the, the proof cans that doesn't even have the top on it. Yeah. I mean, just little stuff like that. It's like just so fun, you know, and, <laughs> yes. and, and seeing it in stores and all that. I mean, it's 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 no longer in existence you know but it was a, a super cool thing to, to see in the stores and and you know see people carrying That's around cool. yeah it was fun. what a great one what an impactful project like something you can you're going to remember forever definitely definitely awesome well Jarrell, you've reached the point of the show for the ask it forward question my friend this is where i have a question for you from my last guest and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest i'm not going to tell you who they are but you can ask them anything all right. So my last guest was Stefan Dulis. He's a graphic designer out of Chicago, Illinois. Brilliant work on his uh, Instagram and his website. Got to check that out. But he wanted to ask you, and I'm going to adjust this question just slightly because you're more in the instructor role currently than like active graphic designer, even though you are still doing some design. Mm-hmm. Um, if you weren't in the design field, either teaching or designing, what would you be doing instead? That is a, a tough one. Uh, I mean, some days fantasizing about having like a little food truck, yeah. on, uh, you know, back when things were normal, my wife and I would uh, travel down to Mexico pretty frequently. There's a, an island called Isla Mujeres that we would uh, love to hang out at. Would be so cool just to pop up shop on a beach somewhere and just get some sun and hang out, cook food, and you know, just just have some have some fun. I think that 
if I wasn't doing this, that would be uh, pretty, pretty high on the list for sure. A hundred percent, man. I can agree with that. Popping <laughs> up on a beach somewhere and like, you know, five days a week, you're cooking, slanging in the food truck and then, but you're right on the beach surfing in the sun. Oh. <sighs> Man, Wisconsin's brutal for these winters. I'll tell you what, you know, in Canada, Canada's no joke. So, you know, how it goes, yeah. but yeah, I've got to get some sunshine once in a while. I know it, man. That's for sure. Well, Jarrell, what is the question you would like me to ask the next guest? So uh, with all the stuff going on in the world right now, especially with teachers, teachers mm-hmm. have had to make this huge shift in, in what we do and all that. So I want to know uh, who is your favorite teacher and why. And that can be a teacher from any age, any or even a mentor or whatever, but uh who you know, favorite teacher. Throw I think teachers could use a little love these days. So let's let's show some love. I love that question. I would have to kick mine back to grade three, Mrs. Lamb. Mrs. Lamb? Mrs. Lamb. What are, do you have any up. good memories? Any uh Yeah, I just remember her being the most kind, understanding teacher that I'd ever had like patient, like she's dealing with like a bunch of grade three boys and like <laughs> the, the level of patience that she had, I still remember to this day. And then for different reasons, grade seven, Mr. Pole, okay. he just, he just had like the most bizarre sayings and he was like the, just, he was an old bald guy and you're like grade seven about to go to high school. You're like, yeah, cool kid. <laughs> And he's this like old bald guy and he's got these sayings that were really funny and he's making jokes all the time. And then, yeah, you definitely didn't want to piss him off though. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I definitely have had teachers like that too. I just, it's, it's funny thinking about patience. You know, you said patience. Can you imagine doing that with over a zoom call or whatever? Oh. I mean, Oh my goodness. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's nuts. That's awesome. Good, Massive good props. Great question. Jarrell with that, you have reached the end of the quickie podcast. Thanks so much for being my guest today, man. Dave, it was really great talking to you. Uh, You take care. Keep up the great work, man. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. It is the end of today's episode, everybody. Thank you so much for spending some time here. Um, If you're digging what you're hearing on the Quickie Podcast here, and I know you are because I haven't received any angry emails lately, head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening, and leave me a rating and a review. They make me smile. You know that. See you next week.